0: Hey, why don't you turn to your neighbor, tell them you're looking good today, glad you're in church, glad you're sitting next to me. Go ahead and find your seats this morning. So glad you're all here. Those of you joining us online, thank you so much for tuning in. Man, I don't know how to follow that comic reel. I, Pastor, you're so funny. I appreciate his humor and appreciate his heart. And I'm so grateful for Pastors Randy and Sheree. Anybody thankful for your pastors? Absolutely. You know, I'm so glad that in 1992 they started celebration in their living room. And I like to think that although I wasn't physically sitting in that living room, but because they were obedient to the voice of God to come and begin celebration on the northwest side of Fresno, I believe God had you. And he had me in mind in 1992 that one day we would intersect and we would be a part of something that's greater than ourselves. And I'm so grateful for that today. I'm thankful for my wife, Linda. She makes me so much better. You know, we're just a few weeks away celebrating our 21st anniversary. So thankful. I tend to think that I've put up with a lot, but actually, she's put up with a lot. But I'm so grateful for her and our children, and I want to dive right in. I just really today uh, have something on my heart. It's this is my passion, as Pastor mentioned. You know, next steps, uh, really just the idea that God has a pathway for our life is really my passion to 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 live out and to communicate, and and I pray today that God would give me the the articulation to be able to to speak that and to inspire you today, and and I realize that. You know, you may be in this place and maybe you're new and you're new to the whole idea of faith. And, and maybe you're still struggling with this concept of, you know, there's, a, there's actually a God that loves me before I could ever love him. You know, who, who does that, right? Who would do that? Who would send his only son to die knowing that, that there's the chance of me not responding to that love? Who does that? Yet God has done that for us. Or maybe you're in this place and you're, you're, you're kind of maybe a seasoned Christian and, and uh, you've been doing this for a long time. Maybe you even got the T-shirt at home. You wouldn't wear it today, but you got the T-shirt at home that says, been there, done that, you know. You've been, been walking with God for a while. And, you know, but, but I'd like to pose the question, could it be that while you may know a whole lot unknowingly, maybe you've slipped into a place of complacency or comfort? or maybe you're here today and you really have a genuine desire for for something greater in your life and you start to hear all these promises that God has for you and, and there's this there's this disconnect between the promises and it actually being my reality maybe that's you today and you actually are are desiring that but you're looking for a next step how do I get there I'm here to tell you today that that you don't have to be in survival mode anymore I want you to hear me today. You don't have to be in survival mode. God wants you to flourish. God wants you to see the best things that he has for you. And it's pretty normal in these times. You know, this last year has been, been maybe one of the most challenging for many of us. But I want to just share with you today that God wants you to flourish. I want you to say that today. Would you declare that over your life? Say, I, God wants me. To flourish, Come on, I can't hear you. Say it again. God wants me to flourish. Absolutely. In fact, I want to open up with this scripture today. In Psalms 92, verse 13, verse says like this. You can check it out on the screens. It says, those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. You know, the Bible's telling us here that those that are planted now, meaning that the original language that that, that you're connected, that you're involved, that even involves the word committed, that you're deeply rooted in the house of God. Those are the ones that will flourish. Those are the ones that will see themselves prosper and thrive and get ahead because you were made to flourish. You were made to see your life prosper. God has a plan for you. You know, here in, in California, we're actually home to a place that's known as the hottest, hottest place in America. I think I'm going to have to take some water here. You know, next time you guys can bring some Chata. that would be great. That was good. <laughs> For all the Latinos in the house, you know what I'm saying, huh? God has made us to flourish. And here in, here in California, as I would say, we're, we're home to the hottest and most driest place in America. In fact, it's called Death Valley. And, uh, you know, Death Valley has recorded, uh, has recorded temperatures almost near 140 degrees can you imagine that? In fact, uh, I think they have a picture that I'd like to show you. You know, this is what a typical day looks like uh, in Death Valley. And uh, as you can see, there's there's uh, no vegetation. There's hardly any livestock, and those that, that are there uh, don't seem to survive very long. But this is a dry place where there's just not a whole lot of life. And, in fact, there's not even a whole lot of people that live there and the people they have found that live there uh they've researched that their iq is very very low this is a tough crowd today i'm just kidding if you're watching us from death valley we love you and we bless you today but this place is hot it's dry but you know what's interesting is that in the winter of 2004 uh it's recorded there's a day that that within a 24-hour period that there was actually seven inches of rain that came down. And nothing happened immediately, but in the spring of 2005, there's something known as the super bloom that happened in Death Valley. And it was discovered that Death Valley really, really wasn't dead, but it was dormant. And I want you to see this other picture. This is what it looked like in the spring of 2005. And what they discovered is that maybe maybe it wasn't the right name to call it Death Valley, but the truth is that Death Valley was simply dormant. There was always beauty that lied beneath the soil. It just had to be planted or it just had to have the right environment. You know, I'm here to declare to you today that maybe the barrenness in your life, maybe the dry seasons of your life, could be directly connected to the fact that you need to be committed and that you need to be planted in the right environment. That's what the house of God is all about. That's what the ecclesia is all about, that we've been called out and called together so that our lives will flourish. I'm here to declare to you today that there is beauty in your life. There is potential in your life. There is greatness that God has already put on the inside of you. You just need the right environment. To see yourself flourish, but you know there's a there's the question of how do we get planted, and and there's so many routes or ways that we can take this today. But I'd like to I'd like to propose to you that that really the way we get planted is it's not about being still and being uh, immovable, but it's more about a pathway. There is a pathway that God has for us, and you know even Psalm sixteen eleven it says this. You make known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence with eternal pleasures at your right hand. Notice that there is a pathway of life. Another Psalm in 30 verse, 37, verse 23 says this: the Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of our lives. There is a, a pathway. There are steps. That we're to take in in our life, you know. Really, we're on a journey. Bible says so clearly that that Earth is not our home, but but we're just passing through. But while we're passing through, we're not just to hold on tight and weather the storm until we get out of here. But there's a desire and a plan that God has for us to take steps that will develop our spiritual life and 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 like I said, really begin to see our life flourish in a way that we. We can see God's goodness and greatness in our lives. You know, Paul is very key about describing this process, and and uh, you know, in Ephesians chapter one, I, lo- I love Paul because Paul was a church planner. Char- Paul was a church planner. You know, it's estimated that Paul uh, that he actually planted about twenty churches himself. But there are hundreds of churches that came after him through spiritual sons and daughters that he poured into. And I want you to know today, that's our DNA. I want you to hear that. that That's Celebration's DNA. The reason why this series is so important and so key is that we need to get everybody on the same page. That the church is absolutely essential. And it's our DNA to raise up sons and daughters. The next generation that it's going to launch out and they're going to go and plant churches and we're going to see the gospel of Jesus Christ begin to impact cities like never before. And Paul, in a form of a prayer, he's in a jail cell. And, you know, Paul doesn't really write books. What he writes is letters and he pours his passion and his heart into what he writes. And and Ephesians is one of those letters that he writes. And this is what he says in Ephesians chapter 1 verses 16 through 18 it says I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ notice his insistency with God I keep asking that God our Lord Jesus Christ the glorious father may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. You know, here's, here's what I want you to understand. Paul, Paul is writing this letter, and he's not just writing it to the Ephesians, but he's writing it to us today. And, and he's he's saying, I want you to see what I see. I'm praying that God give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Revelation simply means that you're able to see what God is saying, that you're able to hear what God is saying. And, and Paul says, I want you to see what I see. Here's, here's what I see. You know, the first thing he notices that you notice in this pathway, if you will, is that he says that you may know him better. We need revelation to understand what it is to know God better because intellectually, culturally, societally, you know, we understand God, we have some knowledge that there is maybe a creator. There's 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 some higher power than us, but the reality is as Paul is saying, I want you to know God better. You know, the the Greek word that's used there is the word ginosko. And the word ginosko means three particular things. It means personal and and it means experience and it means intimate. You know, when we come into this place and gather, we're not just trying to give you knowledge of God, we want you to experience God. That's why in our worship we engage in the word of God, we engage because we want you to experience God. We want you to know that God is personal. He wants to not just be the God of people, but he wants to be the God of the individual. He wants to be your God. He wants you to know him intimately and personally and closely. You know, in fact this word ginosko is also used in Genesis when when it's described that that Adam it says that Adam knew his wife Eve and they bore a child now the word isn't meaning anything sexual but it's definitely meaning intimately in other words that they were up and close they were they were close to each other you know i've got to be honest with you today i've i feel like in the years that i've known god and the years that i've been in my faith with god you know like maybe many of you, we start to get comfortable in thinking and knowing that we know God enough. In fact, we get so involved in the work of God that we forget about the God of the work, right? And and this last week, I, I just went back to one of those old hymns that I remember growing up with. And I'm so tempted to sing it for you, but I need you to stay in the building for a little while longer. But it's that old hymn that says, just to be close to you. And it says, just to be close to you. Just to be close to you. That's all I desire. And it just repeats. It's got to be the shortest song in the world. But it just says those four things. But I kept thinking and I kept meditating. Just to be close to you. I'm going to go for it. Just to be close to you. Just to be close to you, that's my desire. Pastor gave me permission. Please online, don't tune out. Just to be close to you. I started thinking, out of all the things that God could give me, out of all the things that he has given me, do I still desire him more? Do I still want to know him more? Do I still want to be closer and more intimate with him? That's the question today, is do you want to know him more? You know, the scripture here suggests that we would know him better. In other words, it's implying that there is better. There is a closer, there is a more deeper and intimate way that we can know God. Although you may have some knowledge of God, it can improve. It can get better. You know, here at Celebration, we believe this next step, we call it know God. And you may see some of these things on our walls, and you may hear about this in some of our classes that we do. And, but we believe that the first step that you can ever have is to know God. You know, Jeremiah says it this way in chapter 29. He says, when you come looking for me, you'll find me. Yes, when you get serious about finding me, and want it more than anything else, I'll make sure you won't be disappointed. When you want me more than anything else, that's what we were just saying a little while ago, I'll make sure that you're not disappointed. You know, secondly, Paul says this. He says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. The eyes of your heart would be enlightened. You know, you would think that Paul might have missed it here because I didn't know my eyes had heart, or my heart had eyes. You know, eyes are on your head. But Paul's saying, no, no, no. You got to understand that there's there's a way that you see from your heart that needs to be enlightened. It needs to be awakened to something that's greater than your situation. You know, the reality is is that many of us have been impacted in our lives, and and whether it's been in our childhood or our adulthood. But there's things that impact our lives that create this filter by which we see through. That's why sometimes on social media we might all see, we might all see the same letters or the same words, or maybe in a place like this, all hear the same thing. But the reality is we're all hearing something different. We take something different away. Why? Because we see through the filter of the things that have impacted our lives. So I'm, I'm just here to say that the next step that we believe here at Celebration, after knowing God, is that God wants us to find freedom. He wants you to be enlightened. Paul is saying here that you would find freedom or that you would be enlightened because as long as you're fixated on your past, you won't be able to see the future that God has for you. There's a bigger and brighter future that's ahead of you and ahead of me. But as long as I'm fixated on what happened to me in the past and I choose to see everything through the hurt and the pain that I've experienced, God is saying, I want your eyes to be enlightened. I want your heart to be set free. I want your emotions to be set clear. Hit the reset button. Find freedom today. God wants you to experience freedom. Why? Because he wants you to live a life that he has promised for you to be able to live. Finding freedom is the next step step you know a couple ways that we do that here at celebration is we understand first of all through the bible that freedom comes through our relationship with god bible talks about deliverance the power and the anointing of god that can destroy every yoke and 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 that can break down every burden in your life so we believe in deliverance we believe in a god that can set you free bible says that if the son has set you free you're free indeed so whatever you're dealing with today god can set you free of that But we also find freedom in the context of relationship with people. You may have not known this, but the Bible tells us clearly that when we confess our sins one to another, we find healing. Now, we don't confess them for forgiveness, but God has set this up in a way that we find healing. I'm so grateful for my men's group that we are part of on Wednesday mornings. Thankful for my leader, David Justice, because... We gather on Wednesday mornings, and we we talk about some tough subjects sometimes. But I'm so grateful because around that conference table, there's guys from all walks of life. But we realize that we've all got some sort of hang-up in our lives, and we can be vulnerable. That's a safe place for us to be accountable to each other. And I'm so grateful because that group has impacted my life. I'm telling you, God wants you to, to, to be involved in relationship with people so that you can experience freedom. He says that the eyes of your heart would be enlightened. Are you tracking with me? A couple more steps that he talks about here. The third one is he says this. He says that Paul prays that you may know the hope of which he has called you. That you may know the hope of which he has called you. You know, the Bible, uh, you'll find that hope and calling are found frequently together together. In fact, in fact, the reality is, is that God has given each of us a calling, and our hope is in that calling. Many of us are frustrated in life because we're not living out our calling. I want to share this story with you by one of our Dream Team members, Juliana Franco, so grateful that she extended and shared this story with us. And she says this, I started attending celebration in two thousand. And 14 and my life is definitely better because of my church for a few months I only attended but I noticed that the people that volunteered and always made me feel welcome to church I didn't take long it didn't take long for me to realize I wanted to experience the joy that I saw in them so I decided to take a step and I joined the dream team my team was, has become family I later attended Discover course at the time when I was losing my connection and motivation for my job. I was very grateful for the opportunity to work at the city of Madeira, but I had I had great pay and great benefits, but I felt unfulfilled and it just didn't feel like there was any purpose. While in Discover course, I learned that we all have leadership abilities and spiritual gifts that God has given us. I felt so energized that I understood more of God's purpose for me. I discovered that I, was, that I wasn't actively using my spiritual gifts, so I asked God for the courage to make a move. Shortly after completing Discover course, I took the leap of faith and I embarked on the journey of starting my own business. This was something that God had put in my heart but never felt that I could. God has led me to places I would have never dreamed of. God put in my life, God put people in my life that have made me better. Now I'm helping people and families live out their dreams and helping them see that there is hope. I'm so grateful for Discover Course because it has helped me clarify what I was created to do. This is what's awesome. The third step here at Celebration is that you need to discover your purpose. God has purpose for your life. One of the ways that we do that is through our Discover Course. You know, I was just connecting with Yuliana yesterday, and she was sharing how the story's just continually continuing to unfold, and she can't wait to be able to share more with people. But what I want you to see is that there is an opportunity for you to find your purpose, to discover your purpose. In fact, even right after service today, we have Discover Course going on. It's not too late for you to sign up and go join us I'm telling you, you need to get involved in discovering your purpose because your hope is in in the middle of it. Enough frustration in your life. You know, the reality is, is that we get so caught up in our problems. The best way to overcome your problems is not to focus on the problems, but to discover the purpose God has for you and begin to use the gifts that God has called you to have given to you and the callings that God has given you so that you can overcome by giving to someone else or making an impact in the life of others. You know, we believe that our next step, Paul describes here, is the inheritance in his holy people. We believe that our next step is making, making a difference. And for those that maybe don't think that's very spiritual, we mean a, an eternal difference. You know, your life is, is really all about the opportunities to make a difference in the lives of of others. Isn't it interesting that Jesus talks about even giving a cup in his name is making a difference, just like it would to be able to buy somebody a house, just like it would to be able to pour your life out and be able to serve others. Paul is saying that you would see, that you would see the inheritance in his holy people. I think what I really want to clarify here today is that The inheritance that God gives us is people because only people are eternal. Now, I get it, especially in our American society. We're all working hard. We want our retirement. We want our house. We want our cars. And and all that stuff is great. God wants to bless us with all of that. But can I just be a little vulnerable today? You know, especially in this season, I found myself feeling a little insecure about my future because it's incredible how a pandemic can come and totally shift our lives and make our very jobs feel insecure, make everything that we've been building insecure. This is why we need to be building the church and building the house of God because it's it's the only thing that's eternal. It's only people that are eternal. And the truth of the matter is that, that I'm so grateful for my pastor and And those that are close to me that I've been able to be vulnerable and you know I began to entertain ideas of maybe going and doing something else and 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 maybe no longer devoting my time to ministry but in the middle of that I I started to realize that what it was was I was losing the hope of my calling I started to realize that that I, I I got so involved in in the security of my future when all along it's it's really people that's my inheritance so I have renewed my commitment today. I have renewed my heart to say that I may not end up with a lot of things at the end of this life on this earth. But I, here's the thing is that I will have treasures stored up in heaven. I will have treasures stored up in heaven. I will have people that welcome me and say, thank you for your words, thank you for your sewing. thank you for serving, thank you for everything you did. Because of you, I have a place in heaven today. I'm here to tell you today that your life is made to make a difference. Somebody next to you is here today because somebody chose to give their time, to give their talents, and to give their treasures to make a difference. Man, this is so true, and as as I close, I want you to see this in a story that, that Jesus shares, or the Bible shares with us, where Jesus met this woman at the well. I really want you to see this today. You know, there's this woman that's at a well in a city or a village called Sychar, and the Bible says in, in John chapter 5, I'm going to try to paraphrase here, chapter 4, excuse me, that Jesus arrives at this village and he's thirsty from his journey and he sits at this well and this woman becomes and she arrives with her jar to, to draw out water and as she, as she approaches Jesus, Jesus asks her the question, hey, would you give me something to drink? I'm thirsty. And this woman looks at Jesus and says, why would a Jewish man ask a Samaritan woman to give him something to drink. You know, I don't want to get sidetracked here, but I do want to say this. I love that Jesus doesn't get distracted by the differences between people. I love that Jesus doesn't get distracted by ethnicities or he doesn't get distracted by different racial divides or different things that are going on. Jesus doesn't get distracted, but he he looks at her and says, would you give me something drink, And and although she focuses on that, Jesus doesn't get distracted. He goes on to say, listen, if you knew who I was, if you knew God, if you knew who I was, you would ask me for a cup of water or something to drink, if you knew who I was. See, Jesus knew her first step was to, to know God. And Jesus diverts, and then he says, he says, hey, why don't you go get your husband? Total shift, total pivot. Why don't you go get your husband? And she's honest, and she says, you know, I don't, I don't have one. She says, you're right. You've had five, and the one you're living with right now is not your husband. Then she changes the subject. That's a good place to change the subject, right? She says, I, I, I perceive that you're a prophet. In other words, enough about me, let's talk about you. But Jesus says, Look, I'm gonna, I told you all of this because there's some things that you need to be set free of. It's evident that you don't value yourself the way that God does, it's evident that you have some relationship issues. Maybe you don't see yourself. Correctly, maybe you've you've gone through failure and you no longer see yourself correctly. But Jesus is here to say, I want to set you free. You're gonna find freedom in the midst of, of this encounter at the well, you're gonna find freedom. And so Jesus continues the conversation, and she says, I get it, but there's differences between us, and Jesus just says, Listen, go. And this is what I love. In the midst of that interruption, this woman begins to describe that, hey, Jesus, you know, you guys say that you need to worship in Jerusalem, and, but, but we worship on this hilltop. And, and Jesus says this, you know, there's coming a time, and the time now is, that it's no longer about the location of your worship, it's about the heart of your worship. See, in other words, when you find freedom, your heart gets right. When you travel this journey and take a step towards freedom, your heart begins to get right. And you know how this woman responds. I'm really shortening this version, but I hope you can go back and read this. But the Bible says that she drops her jar. When she hears this, she drops her jar because Jesus said, I'm the one you're looking for. I know you think you know me, and when your people worship me, they don't know who I am, but I'm the one you've been waiting for. I'm right here at this well with you, and she drops her jar, and she runs back to her village. You know, I believe in that moment she realized, I'm so much more than just a water fetcher. God has a purpose for my life. I think that vessel really represented who she was as a vessel. But Jesus, after saying that, this woman drops her jar and she runs to her village. And the story finishes out saying that when she went back to her village, she told everybody, Come see this man. Come see this man that has introduced me to the living God. I think he's the one we're looking for. Come see this man. I I, I know God now. I know I met him and he set me free. He told me everything that, he, that I that he told me everything about my life. But he didn't condemn her. He set her free. She drops her jar and runs and says, come see this man. And the way the story finishes out is that the people come streaming out of the village. Coming, looking for Jesus. I don't know about you, but that sounds like called out and called together. The Bible says that they all came streaming out, looking for Jesus, she didn't lead them to herself. She led them to the one that could where they could know God, where they could find freedom and just like her could discover her purpose and and ultimately make a difference in the lives of others. They were called out and they were called together. This is our mission. Can you leave with anything today? This is our mission that we would know God and make him known. That we would know God and make Him known. All four of these steps really are in our mission statement. We have arrived at a place where you're going to see this on our walls and you haven't seen anything yet, but God wants us to know Him and to make Him known. Our mission celebration is not just to be called out, but it's called together so that we may make God known as we come to know God. That's our mission today. I want to just encourage you in this very moment. What's your next step? That's really the question today. What is your next step? Maybe you need to know God. In fact, right there where you're at with every head bowed, there's someone in this place that their first step today is you just need to know God. Maybe you've never met God. Maybe you've never met Jesus and made him the Lord and Savior of your life. Today you can take that step, whether you're here in person or online. I want to encourage you today. We're going to pray a prayer that begins this journey for you. And I want you to all pray with me today. Would you say this? Father God, thank you for sending Jesus to die for my sins and to be raised back to life so that I could live. Today, I believe in my heart, and I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord, and I take a step to know you better. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. You know what? We celebrate those that took that step today. We celebrate you. I'm telling you, the Lord is faithful to complete that which he started in your life, but it doesn't stop there. You know, you wouldn't hit a home run and not run the bases, right? That's yes, you wouldn't do that. Here's what you would do is you would begin to go to first base and run all the way around till you made it home so that the home run would score. I want to encourage you today. Those of you that made that decision, would you take a step today and would you text? I think they have a text, a number that you can text or you can go to our church app and would you, would you click on that icon that says, I've made a decision so that you can, so that we can reach out to you, pray with you, and we want to lead you in your next step. Maybe for you today, it's finding freedom in your life. I don't believe God's done quite yet. I think in this moment, if you would stand to your feet, I believe God wants to set some people free. We're going to go back into a song right here. But before you check out, would you, would you just, in this moment, would you allow God to bring freedom into your life? Maybe your next step is to discover purpose. Maybe your next step today is to make a difference. Take a step before you leave today. I just really believe God wants to set some people free. Tabo, would you, would you do a better job of what I wished I could have done earlier? God wants you to know him today. God wants you to be close to Just him. To be close to you. Yes. Would you lift your hands today? That's where I want to be. Tell him today. Just to be close to you. Want to know you better, Lord. Want to know you better. Yes, God. Just to be close to you. Thank I want to you, feel Jesus. your heartbeat. I want to hear your voice, oh God. Just to be close to you. Yes, God. you direct my steps Would you direct my path oh Lord oh just to be close to you it's where I want to be just to be close to you come on lift your hands and sing it with all your heart today oh, God wants to do something in your life Just let him, to be close. To let him lead you today to, to your next steps To be close to you, Lord. Oh, just one touch. Yes, God. Just to be close to you. Yes. So I want to be, oh, God, just to be close to you. To know you better today, God, to be set free. Oh, just to be close to you. Father, today over those that are hurting in this place, to those that may be experiencing pain and suffering, to to those that are experiencing uncertainty and questions and doubts, today, God, I thank you that you are close, that you are close to us, that today you've you've invited us to come closer to you. God, today I just Just declare courage. I declare faith. I declare the courage and the faith to take a step today to draw closer to God, to find freedom in your life, to discover the purpose and the hope that God has called you to, that you would ultimately live your life out to make a difference, an eternal difference in the lives of other people. Today, God, we just declare that today. Lord, we speak over marriages, over bodies that need healing and restoration. Yes, God. Over relationships today that have been severed. Father, we speak freedom. God, we speak restoration today in the name of Jesus. Yes, God. That's our desire. That's our desire to be closed. You know, I believe today that God certainly has a next step for you. And whether it's today or in in the days to come, I just want to encourage you. Would you open up to God and allow Him to lead you to your next step? Would you also be committed and connected to the ecclesia, to the church? We're a place that doesn't just want you to experience moments, but wants to help you make movement in your life because that's what's going to bring lasting change. Today, as you leave this place, Tavo's just going to sing, and our team's going to sing a blessing over your life. But I want to encourage you today. Let God do what he wants to do in your life, and you be blessed taking a next step in Jesus' name. Would you lift your hands and receive the blessing of God today? generations. Thanks for listening. If this impacted you and you'd like to partner with us, go to celebrationchurch.cc give to help us reach people with the message of Jesus.